Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you? Today's podcast is about the awesome book, Obedience Over Hustle. Now, this was supposed to be um, recorded with the author, Melinda Fuller, and we actually tried to do this recording last week. We, um, We tried twice. One day we had technical difficulty, the next day we had technical difficulty, and we just went through heck trying to get it done. We did get it done, but then it came back and my audio was messed up. So such a bummer that I don't have her here with me, and I don't know, you know, what's happening? Is the enemy trying to prevent this important message from getting out there? I don't know, yo, but it's going to happen anyway, because I am going to do this podcast today on the book and share with you some of the great points that come out of it and really just capture some of the the high parts of our conversation that I had with Melinda when we talked about it. Now I am recording this um, from Taos in the middle of my kids spring break. Um, I thought I was going to have this done you know before we left Um, but since it didn't work out I'm doing it now. All my people are on the mountain skiing today. I'm studying for my hormones course which has you want to talk about hustle put me over the edge (laughs) in hustle um it's just kind of increased the pace of all of the things when we add when we add something to our schedule um that's significant like that and taking a lot of time all of the other pieces kind of suffer you know and i'm really feeling that right now so um this book really made me examine so many parts about my life not just where it is now but in general, you know, by the time I finished this book, I felt like I'd been through a therapy session, <laughs> you know, and still since I finished it, which has been a couple months ago, I've been using it as this point of reference for how I'm operating, you know, in a day-to-day basis. Like, am I operating in hustle or am I operating in obedience? Now, I think a lot of us, when we think of hustle, we think of work, you know, and especially now, um, these days, there are so many um, women that are involved in um, kind of an, you know extra work, um, have an extra side job, whether it is a side job from their nine to fiver or a side job from being a um, stay-at-home mom, um, you know. And we see a lot of it in social media, you know. And, and that word hustle often has kind of a a positive connotation, like, yeah, girl, you're getting your work done, you know, mom boss, you know. Um, And so when I was talking to Melinda about this, I'm like, well, you know, is it wrong to strive? Is it wrong to have goals? Is it, you know, where's kind of that fine line that we draw? And to begin, you know, she said, well, you know, a lot of us, we think of a hustle with work and business, but 
it's not just in that piece of our lives. You know, hustle can look like keeping up with people in your neighborhood, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, um, hustling at the gym, hustling online, hustling at church, you know, and so, um, and so it's not just having to do with work, but we could be hustling in many areas of our lives. And so when I asked her, you know, what is the tip of this balance? Um, when do things go wonky? She talked about this idea of work ethic versus workaholism. You know, God wants us to have a good work ethic. Absolutely. Um, you know, Adam was called to work in the garden, you know, from the very beginning. We are called to work and work well. But it's when we cross over into this more workaholism that it becomes a problem. And Melinda says that really it's achieving a goal at a cost is when we tip that balance. So she gave an example, you know, that like the one I, I've talked about is maybe, um, you know, a mom who does take on a direct marketing um, job kind of on the side. And um, she points out that a lot of us start out with these good intentions. You know, we believe in the product and genuinely want to share it, or we want extra money to get out of debt or save for a family vacation or help diffuse the cost of adoption. You know, all of these really good reasons but the tip of the balance is when we're no longer working in the fringe hours of our time, but it starts encroaching more and more um, into other areas of our life, you know, especially in our relationships, like setting the kids in front of the screen so mommy can get her work done or skipping our exercise or, you know, like, oh, I'm so much more busy now. I don't have time to cook anymore. Let's drive through again, you know. Or maybe it's a hustle and a health goal. You know, you have you want to run a marathon or something like that. And that's a pretty intense training schedule. And it's not to say that it's not a good one. It's just that you have to kind of examine the balance of everything going on in your life. And what is the cost of that? Um, and what is the cost to relationships, you know? Um, and it may not be your side job. It might not be a health goal. It could be, like I said, keeping up with the people in your neighborhood or trying to keep up on social media or maybe just trying to keep up in your primary job. You know, I know for me, that's the case. There are so many people that I want to reach and serve and I feel this sense of urgency to do it, you know, and I hate to say it, but that has absolutely come with the cost of time with my family, which has been completely self-induced. Absolutely. And it's, it's because I, I love what I do. Um, I don't have great boundaries, <laughs> but I'm getting better. Like, I feel like I have to answer somebody's question immediately. You know, even if um, my kids are around, if I see something pop up on my screen, I'm like, I just, I want to answer people's questions immediately. Or, um, you know, if I have an idea, that happens a lot. I'm just like, hold on, I got to, you know, type this into my notes or whatever it is. Plus, for me, I'm just kind of, I'm on in an ongoing um trying to figure out operations of business. You know, it's, this is never something that I figured I would be doing. And um, if you, unfortunately, <laughs> want to help people, you have to like deal with business things that come along with it, which is not my favorite part. I just want to get on the phone, get in my groups and help people. But um, so I've had this kind of curveball of this whole new thing of, you know, making sure I'm making the right steps in business. So, you know, like I don't get in trouble with my taxes and all that kind of thing. So, but the part of the book that hit me the most and honestly made me a little teary was chapter six of this book. 
and it's called The Mommy Hustle. And Melinda used the story of the disciples trying to herd the children away from Jesus to illustrate a really important point, okay? Because it was like the disciples were in their own hustle mode. Like, we ain't got no time for these children's to be hanging out with Jesus. You know, there are people with some serious issues that need his help. And, you know, they were like, move along, little children, get on out of here. And Jesus said, hey, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. That's from Matthew 19, 14. And so even, you know, Melinda uses that point to illustrate that, um, not to you know be putting off our putting off our kids for what we perceive to be as the more important hustle and she asks in the book she lists a couple questions and she's like okay can you resonate with any of these um you know how kids are always asking you to do things like mommy are you almost done with you know blank you know fill in the blank there are you almost done with that so you can come play with me can you play with me mommy you said you were going to when you finished blank, you know, put down your phone and come and read to me, mommy. Like all those things they say, she, you know, kind of listed some, some of the ones that her daughters had asked her and just kind of hit her in the gut. And I was like, check, 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 you know, all of those for me. I'll never forget the time that my daughter took my face into her chubby little hands and said, mommy, look at me. Because she had been talking to me and I had been looking at my phone, working on something, you know, and she just wanted my full attention. And it breaks my heart to think about that. And yet, and yet, I'm still guilty of it. You know, I'm better about it. But I still, I find myself still trying to like squeeze in my work when they need my full attention. And Melinda talks about this idea of gaze aversion, you know, and what that implies to our kids and our spouses. That, you know, they might be talking to us and we're like, yeah, yeah, I hear you, you know, while you're on your phone. You're not looking at them. You're on your phone and you're trying to listen and answer them and multitask and do all of these things at the same time. But what that gaze and gaze aversion implies um, is that, you know, you're not as important as this. And, oh, you know, that just makes me sad to, you know, think that if you think about it in that way, when you're doing something um, distractedly like that and trying to kind of half, you know what, <laughs> it's a family show. I'm going to try not to cuss. You know, half, you know what, um, listen to your family, even your spouse, you know, um, and not give them your full attention. What does that imply? And so Melinda says she wants to challenge the chant of that hustling heart, the voice that says your children are the distraction and that the other thing demanding your time is more important because it isn't. She says relationships are always the more important thing. And what she points out in the book is that Jesus was never in a hurry. You know, and it's true. I hadn't necessarily thought about it that way, but you don't get that sense that he was rushing around. You know, he made time for the children. He gave his full attention to the person in front of him, even though he was constantly, you know, surrounded by crowds, you know, can you imagine, and people vying for his attention. Now, on the other side of that, the devil is always in a hurry. I read somewhere that urgency comes from fear. And we know who the author of fear is. 
when we think of um, Satan tempting Eve, you know, he was like, come on, come on, just do it. You know, he probably knew he only had a few moments to get her to do it, to eat the apple um, before there was interruption from maybe Adam or before she had enough time to think about it. You know, how often have you heard that sense of urgency? Just eat it. Eat the cookie. Hurry. Hurry before you think about it. <laughs> Pour the wine before you think about it. Just drink it. You know, we, we act impulsively in urgency, you know, with food, but with a lot of things in our lives. And it's not the best choice. So we've got to catch ourselves when we're feeling urgent. Um, you know, that urgent hustle you know, about something and ask who and what is driving this. Now, I mentioned, you know, that I have that sense of urgency for me to reach more people with health information. There's so much misinformation out there, and I want to help change that. And I think God's on board with that, you know, <laughs> um, but not at the expense of my family. I know I've been led by God to do the work that I do, so you know, I feel like it's sanctioned by him. But the book made me examine if I'm operating it in him. Just because God deposits an, a dream, idea, or goal in our heart doesn't mean it's ours to just take off with it and, you know, take off and run with it. Like, okay, thanks. See ya. You know, without continuing to listen in and obey about how we proceed. So Melinda talks about this concept of obedience with pace and doing things in God's timing and with his instruction. And she makes the point that if our hearts are striving after something other than God's goal for us, he won't bless our efforts. In the book, Melinda talks about how God is into the details of our dreams and goals. I love that. I was like, okay, that's okay. He's a details dude, right? <laughs> and that sometimes he may give us instructions about the details of our business or our children or our ministry that seem unnecessary or cumbersome or hard. We may think, you know, that we, we know a better, quicker, easier way. We're like, hey, God, all those details are not necessary. Do you know about technology? Do you know about this? You know, I, I can get there more directly. Um and we think we know better than God about how to operate, you know, in our lives. Melinda uses this example of, you know, God being in the details um, in the story of the healing of Naaman. Okay. And he was an army commander under the king of Aram. And this story takes place in 2 Kings 5. So Naaman had leprosy and he was instructed by Elisha, one of the major prophets in the Old Testament, to go and wash himself seven times in the Jordan River, and then his, um, he would be cleansed of his leprosy. And upon hearing that, Naaman got angry, and he, he walked away. He was angry. He was like, I mean, why can't you just wave your hand over me and cure me? You know, how about these other rivers that are surely better than the Jordan? So he, you know, the Jordan River was in Israel, and he was like, mm, I don't think that's the best one. <laughs> and so he was like, couldn't I wash in these other rivers and accomplish the same thing? You know, and so he turned off and went off in a rage. He was not liking God's details, you know, which were go to this specific river and wash seven times. Now, eventually one of his servants convinced him to do it. And he was finally um, cleansed and restored from his leprosy. But he had to obey the given instructions. So see, this is where obedience comes in. Naaman wanted the hustle way. 
you know, the easy way, the quick way, the closer way, the better river way. But God wanted his obedience to activate the blessing. And that is what is so true for us now. There may be seemingly easier, a seemingly easier route toward your goal or dream, but the potential of the fullest blessings and miracles within that dream or goal cannot be activated without obedience. It was Naaman's obedience that ultimately activated the miracle of his health. How long has God been guiding you to direction toward your health and healing? You know, he guides all of us um, through his provision and instruction of, you know, the food he provides, real food and water and, you know, getting rest. But we want the quick way. You know, we want the magic fat loss pill way. And in the book, Melinda asks, have you heard direction from the Lord, but question it and move on with your own plan? Even though God was clear about what he wants you to do, you still go and, you know, get the latest self-help book or gather your friends for prayer to help you, you know, get their advice. Um, you might sign up for some kind of diet plan when he told you to work on the discipline of eating healthy and walking every day. Or you pay for another month of counseling sessions, even though God told you to forgive and go back to your spouse. Yeah, I'm telling you, Melinda tells it like it is in this book. It will really make you think. Now, I know the question many of you are asking, but what if I'm not hearing from God? You know, what if I'm not getting any direction? It was funny because when I was reading the book and she was, you know, talking, I was reading this one chapter about all of these things and how God gives you direction. I wrote a question in there because I knew I was going to be talking to her. I'm like, what about the people that don't hear the direction? Because <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. And so I wanted to ask her that, like, you know, what happens then? And it was funny because then I turned, you know, I finished that chapter, turned the page, and then she has a whole chapter about that. Um, but I'll just give you a few ideas from that chapter um, in what she does when people ask her that question, you know, what if I'm not hearing from God? Not, what if I'm not getting direction? She asks them these questions. Number one, what was the last thing you remember him asking you to do? And number two, did you do it? Right? So dang. Yeesh. So I would ask you that, you know, what's the last thing you felt stirring in your heart, in your gut, you know, um, or maybe more directly from God, you, you heard something or you got a sign or whatever it was, you know, did you do it? That's the question you got to ask yourself. If you're kind of, if you're stalled and hung up and you're not, you're not hearing something from him, it might be he's still waiting for you to act in obedience on that last thing that he wanted you to do, right? Now, one of my favorite parts of the book and the conversation that I had with Melinda, which I'm really sorry that you're not going to hear, but you'll get a great sense of it from the book, um, is when she says that we're not all called to be doing the same thing as our friend or our neighbor or our fellow church member. Um, I'll take this quote from the book. She says, I grew confident in my discovery that God doesn't call us all to do the same thing at the same time. What is a priority for someone else doesn't have to be mine. What others are giving to their homes, families, businesses, creatively or online, doesn't have to dictate what I spend my days doing. 
Um, and when I asked her about that quote, you know, we had a really great conversation and, um, you know, she was explaining how we're going to be pulled in a lot of different directions. We're going to see our friends and family members and fellow church members doing all of these things, you know? And so whether it is that your church is wanting you to teach a class or your community wants you to volunteer at the food pantry, or your school wants you to be room mom, or your friend wants you to run a 10 K with her, or, you know, you feel like you've got to take another class to, you know, stay up on the latest health information. Hello, that's me. Um, you know, sure, we'd like to do all those things. You know, those are all great things. But we don't have to do them all at the same time. There are seasons for everything. And what Melinda talked about was being very clear and committed to what God calls her to do in any given season. So she was explaining in, um, in one season of her life that um, when her girls were a little smaller, I mean, her, girl, her girls are... Um, they're still young girls, but even when they were a little bit smaller, she, and this is a couple years ago, she felt very clear that God wanted her to really focus on three things. One was honing her skills as a writer. Two was homeschooling. And three was loving her neighbors well. Okay. So as far as honing her skills as a writer, um, you know, it was really what led to writing this book, you know, that she She'd felt called to do this, but and she goes she goes into this in the book. It's just really interesting that, you know, she was just kind of like, who am I? I don't have, you know, I don't have this skill. You know, who knows? Nobody even knows me. How will it ever get published? Like all of these things. Um, but she felt like God was saying, you're going to write this book. And this is the one we're talking about today. You know, and it's an important message, this message of obedience over hustle that needs to get out there. And so aren't we glad she listened to God? The other thing she was called to do was um, homeschooling. And um, what's interesting about Melinda, um, and not at the time that these were her three goals, but Melinda currently, um, she and her family live in their RV and travel the country and she homeschools her children. And so I didn't even say this in the beginning of the, um, of the podcast, but I met Melinda at a conference in October, it was that Declare conference, the same one I met Elisa Keaton and um, just, you know, made so many wonderful connections at that conference. Um, and she, she was one of the first people that I met, Melinda. She was sitting at my table and we were talking and I'm like, oh, so where did you, where are you coming from? You know, because people from all over the country were there at the conference. And she's like, well, that's kind of a long story. But um, she said, you know, Currently, my family and I are traveling in our RV around the country and I'm homeschooling my children and, you know, we are just, um, we just work on the road and I'm just so fascinated by that because I've just had this kind of secret dream to, you know, hop in our RV and travel the country. I think it's super cool, but she's been homeschooling her kids, um, before they did that. And, you know, par partially this, these other things God was calling her to do, you know, write this book. Um, homeschool your children were in preparation for this next phase of her life that maybe she wasn't even really sure she was going to take, you know, to um, take to the road for a while. So you never know what God's preparing you for, um, but you have to be obedient to that for that next step. You know, again, what was that last thing God called you to do? And that third thing that she talked about um, was loving her neighbors well. And so at that time, um, when she was talking about this, she and her husband had just moved somewhere and they weren't really, they had, they didn't belong to a church. And she said, normally I would just dive into all, you know, find a church and dive into all the church activities. 
Um, but that is, she said, I really just honestly did not feel called to do that at that time. You know, and maybe God knew her well enough that if she did get into a church, that she would, she would give so much time to it that it would detract from these other things he really wanted her to do. So she felt called to love her neighbor well. And so she talked about um, just opening, they just opened their doors to their neighbors and, you know, had ministries, minister to them in their home and just really focused on being loving neighbors and being helpful and that kind of thing. And, you know, she said, okay, so whatever didn't fit into those three categories at that time in her life, honing skills as a writer, homeschooling and loving her neighbor as well, you know, anything else that came her way, it just, it was a no, you know, she didn't do it. And, um, you know, she was like, I didn't volunteer and go to church. I didn't go to business conferences, even though she wanted to, you know, there was a lot of things that she liked to do that she wanted to do, but she didn't. She really wanted to focus on those three things that God wanted her to do. And she says, when we're super confident in what God wants us to do, it's easy to say no to what we don't have time or resources for. So I would ask you, you know, what are those top categories that God is calling you to focus on? And can you give yourself the permission and grace to let those things go that are not in your season? Right? And this good stuff, man, I mean, we've barely scratched the surface of this book. It is, it is so good, y'all. It will really make you think um, and give you that point of reference to ask yourself if you're acting, you know, in hustle or obedience. Um, and, you know, obedience sounds like such a drag, <laughs> just like discipline. You know, those are words that you just think, Ugh. you know, it's, I don't get to do what I want to do, you know, basically, if I'm having to be obedient and disciplined about things. But it's those things that are really the blessing that lead to our greatest blessing um, to what's better for us. Okay. So I really recommend if you don't already have the book, go get it. Again, like I said, we scratched the surface. She has so many wonderful, the way she uses, um, biblical stories to kind of illustrate her point. It's just, it's so good. It puts it all together. You know, you get, um, you get scripture, you get some real provoking questions about how you're operating in your life. Like I said, I felt like I'd been through a little therapy session by the time it was over. Um, and you can get the book on Amazon and I encourage you to follow Melinda at Melinda Fuller on Instagram. And you can also follow her. Um, she has another account on Instagram called the Fuller Adventure, like Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R. That's her last name, the Fuller Adventure. And it kind of chronicles their, um, their traveling in their RV in different places of the country. And, you know, she shows how she's homeschooling and just how they're kind of living on the road. Um, I asked her, I asked her her anchor questions, you know, um, like I always ask my guests at the end. And so I was like, okay, what is your anchor meal? You know, living in an RV. I mean, we've traveled in an RV just a little bit and it's just a whole different ball game. Well, first of all, it's like a lot of closeness. <laughs> I will say that. It's a lot of closeness. Um, but it's a different ball game when you're cooking, you know, and, um, you just don't have the, the big kitchen. You have to be really constrained in what you bring, you know, and like what appliances and things you bring. So I just said, you know, what is your kind of what's your go-to healthy meal? And she said that it was cauliflower pizza um, and a side salad and that her whole family loves that. So that was kind of a, that was a good one. Um, okay. So if you go and follow her, um, 
tell her, you know, tell her that I sent you over there. Tell her hi. Tell her you heard about her in the book on the podcast because I feel so bad that we did not get to air the one that we did together. Um, but she's a wonderful person, very interesting, very cool chick, you know, all that she's got going on. And the book was just wonderful. And I'm going to end on this quote from the book, which is that God, God's dream for our lives is right now. What are you doing with what you have right now? All right, my friends, thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.